Okie dokie, it's noon here in Ventnor City, New Jersey, and I'm back with Car Edge Boy himself, and this is news that you can use from Car Edge for Friday, August 4th, 2023, with your hosts, uh, Zach and me, Ray. And I'll talk slowly. No, come on. It's your show, damn it. We're going to be getting into it, guys. Ford, GM, Jeep, Ram, Chrysler, all the domestics, they have some some major issues going on that we think could end up, okay, I think could end up increasing new car prices by up to 40%. We're going to talk about that in just a few minutes. But before we do, Dad, hit him with it. What? Ow. Son of a bitch! I need a I need a softer table to knock on. I can't really. Hi guys, it's so good to see you on this wonderful Friday. Yes, it's good to see you too. And let's get it out of the way, nice and early. Ray's win this week will be replacing a can light bulb. Pretty damn close. <laughs> <laughs> he already replaced wire so his replacements uh pretty damn close i can't yeah. wait to get to, should we do the wins of the week at the beginning kimberly let's kick it off with the lead story let me pull it up on the screen here uaw to seek more than 40 percent wage gains from detroit big three sources say the gains would include a 20 percent raise upon ratification followed by 5% raises each year of the four-year deal, according to people who requested anonymity discussing the negotiations. Kimberly, what is your take on this? We have seen new vehicle price inflation like crazy because of a chip shortage, so there's yep. a justification. Yep. Then automakers made the decision, hey, we got fewer chips, we're going to make higher trim options and higher uh, priced models. Now we have pending ratification, a non-trivial some might even say very material increase in wage gains for the UAW, United Auto Workers, tied to the big three. Kimberly, what do you make of this? What do you think is going to happen here? I can't wait to find out. I don't (laughs) know what's going to happen, you guys, but I am so – and listen, Phil lives in Michigan, and he's like, this is going to shake things up. It's really going to shake things up. Um, All I keep reflecting on is (laughs) – This is bad. What Mary Barra made last year, $29 million. What Jim Farley made, you know, I don't know. And the average worker makes $74,000 for either any of those big three. So I don't know what's going to happen. But part of the package that they want is um, to be protected as a family. They also, you know, in case somebody gets laid off, they want family pay protection. And um, I don't know what's going to happen. I I don't keep in mind, they're also aiming to keep pensions. And there are very, very few industries in America right now where you can still have a pension. So that is part of this. Uh, I I don't know what's going to happen. What do you guys think? I think think the likelihood, if this is their negotiation posture, and, you know, it all goes back to what I always love to say. You can't get what you don't ask for. So you might as well throw out a number you know you're not going to get. UAW is asking for a market adjustment. And I don't uh, mean that. In no. Account, like they and, are. And, and, and they're asking for it based on, well, how much the CEOs of these companies have been making. And and so they they feel like they want to get their fair share. So they're, they're throwing out this huge number. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And of course, General Motors and others say, oh, well, you know, this is not, we can't do anything like this. So A, there could be a strike. B, even if there is a strike or there isn't a strike, whatever arrangements they come to, whatever that extra cost is to each one of these manufacturers is going to get passed on ultimately to the consumers. So if we think the prices of vehicles are sky high now, wait till a new union deal with the United Auto Workers goes into place because all that extra cost is going to get passed on to us. So folks, if you think it's expensive now, it is going to get even worse in the future. You really think so? Crazy. It ain't going to lower the prices. And, you know, because, Kimberly, the, the two outcomes here are either a deal gets struck and prices, you know, or wages go up. Like, that's, that's yeah, the outcome. That's or the other happened. outcome, the other outcome is there's a strike. Yeah. And I think if there's a strike, then we have fewer vehicles being produced, which leads to even more upward. Pro it's like no matter which outcome, prices will go up. That's why I think, realistically, you're spot on. This will get passed along of course consumers. it will. It always has. It always has. And but here's the thing. And Ray hit on it. They <clears throat> they got to start somewhere. And of course they're going to start in the start in the stratosphere, because they know that they're going to be coming down and and hopefully settle on something. But even if they do, just like what you said, Zach, it's either going to be this or it's going to be this, and it's going to be passed on to the consumer for sure. I just can't even. Sorry. That's okay. I can't even wrap my head around prices going up even more, you guys. But let's be very clear. This would be prices going up for the big three. This is a huge True. opportunity mm -hmm. for other automakers. So I'm thinking about Tesla. I'm thinking about Honda. I'm thinking about Toyota. I'm thinking about mm -hmm. Subaru, Mazda. Subaru. This is a huge opportunity. If if the, the if the Detroit Big Three end up getting burdened by increases in inventory that are costing them money, their vehicles are not selling. Those three automakers, mm -hmm. maybe the exception is GM with Chevy. Like Chevy dealership inventory is not that high relative to Stellantis with their Ram and Jeep inventories, which are through the roof. Car Edge sales event next week. Um, CarEdge.com slash event. Ford inventory is building up. Like they could be a double whammy of we build a bunch of expensive vehicles that no one appears to be buying, and oh crap. We now can't produce vehicles or we can produce vehicles. It's just costing us even more money. All the while, those other automakers I mentioned, free and clear. They can do whatever the hell they want. They can produce more vehicles. They can capture more market share. They're going to be unencumbered by this ongoing negotiation and ultimately whatever the outcome is from it. I think that could be a huge opportunity for Toyota to bounce back. They've had lower sales. For Mazda to keep gaining market share. They've had growing sales. For Honda, whose sales are up 50% year over year, to go up even more. Like, How does that not... I don't know. I feel like this spells challenges. I'm not going to say disaster, but challenges for the Detroit Big Three. Well, of course sure. it does. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead, Kimberly. I'm echoing. Okay. So, um, absolutely. So, you got these people over here. This is how I have it in Kimberly's head, okay, which is never uh, 100% right. So you got these people over here and they're working and they see the CEOs, the management, and they're, you know, they've had a lot of profits since the pandemic um, and, and their salaries are sky high. But we're still over here. So um, there has been a lot of inflation happening. 
we want more money. We want raises to keep up with this. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know. It's such a balance. It's such a balance going on here. I'm really well, anxious you know, to see what's going to happen. Unionized workers always want raises. And and I, I'm not going to sit here and say that they don't deserve them or they're not entitled to them. When you When you see upper management get paid what they get paid, and they get paid what they get paid because of the the performance of the stock, not necessarily uh, the way they're stewarding the company. So, so those CEOs, their rewards are much larger on average than what hourly employees get. And I can understand why hourly employees would say, well, you know what? Mary Barra has nothing if we're not here to build this stuff. Yeah. Okay. Um, so you've got nothing without us and we want more of a fair share. They're going to get something. Are, are they going to get the 20% they're asking for initially for the, for the, at, at ratification? Probably not. You, like I said, you start somewhere, mm -hmm. um, but they're going to get something, which means that that those legacy manufacturers, their cost of of producing the goods are going to go up. Those costs are going to get passed on to the consumers. It's just that's because they still need to charge the consumers because they need to underwrite their movement into EVs. Yeah. So I, I think to be very yes. clear, not every business faces the same challenges. This is one of these are some of the challenges that these legacy automakers yes. will face, continue to face. And I'm going to pull it up on the screen because the other piece to this puzzle is the fact that they have growing inventory sitting nationwide. So let's look at Ford trucks for a moment. If I'm Ford, let me pull this banner off the screen. And yes, 20% does end today back at cars.com, as does the vehicle mm -hmm. service contract, $100 off. And today, so if I'm Ford and we're in Omaha, Nebraska for our zip code, 68,097. Here's a cheap one. Yes. 42,000. Oh my goodness. Let's just click on one of these that's at a reasonable price. Here's an XL. We're in Nebraska. I guess I got to log in. Give me a second here because I want to see what the, um, the day's supply for this vehicle is in this region. Bear with me, folks. We will. With Google. You know why? Because we like you. Thank you, Dad. You're very kind. Yes. Thank you to everyone who, who is bearing with me. 158 days supply. That's the one-two punch that Ford is dealing with. We could do the same thing with GM. We could do the same thing. It's even worse with Ram. That's the one-two punch. The one-two, or the one is... Our cost to produce our vehicles is going up dramatically. Yes. You call it a one, two, three punch. The cost to produce the vehicles is going up dramatically. We have inventory out there that we made too expensive and people aren't buying. Oh, and we need $4.5 billion to spend on EVs. More than $4.5 billion because that's actually just what the loss is. Yes. You know, so they're spending way more than $4.5 billion to go to EV. If I'm a, another automaker that is unencumbered by those same challenges, mm -hmm. okay, Tesla, I didn't overproduce my vehicles and jack the prices up like crazy. My inventory is reasonable. I don't have uh, increasing cost infrastructure because I don't have legacy agreements with the United Auto Workers. And uh, I don't need to be investing all this money to go EV because I already am EV. They're going to blow up while these other three, I mean, that's one potential outcome. Same thing goes for some of the, the Asian brands that aren't encumbered with the, I mean, they're trying to go EV as well, but the other two, they're not encumbered by that. I think, this is just my hypothesis, 
things at these three corporations are going to get more challenging. I really, really do. I think they're going to struggle to make money. I think they're going to be losing market share to their, their competitors because at the end of the day, this is going to get passed on to the consumer. And if we've seen anything, consumer willingness to buy these vehicles at these crazy prices is starting to finally, finally rationalize a little bit. I don't know. I think that I think this could be challenging times ahead for Ford GM and Santas. I'm going to 100% agree with you. How can it not if you're going if if the big 3 are going to pass on, you know, this to the consumer, how can it not elevate the others? How can it not? I, I agree with that. We've seen this before. It's just competition. It's just businesses yeah. are some businesses are encumbered and some businesses aren't encumbered and like we're literally watching in front of our eyes legacy businesses that like holy like holy cow imagine yeah. how slow things are at ford right now or gm or Stellantis because you got a team doing negotiations you got a team doing your market analysis saying holy cow we built like it's it, tough it, it, it it's almost if i may go for it. it it's 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 almost like um the nba or the nfl and what i mean by that is the UAW always negotiates like four-year deals. Mm -hmm. Well, if, I don't know if I was a legacy manufacturer, and and I know that it's the expense of moving towards and deeper into EVs is astronomical. Mm -hmm. Well, I might want some type of labor assurance for ten years. Didn't the NBA or the NFL? Didn't they? Didn't they enter into like a ten-year contract with their? Look at this. It's the polar opposite. And I just we'll, we'll move on from from the UAW after, yes. after this. The union this week delivered its list of economic proposals to Ford, General Motors, and Stellantis, which Fain called the most audacious and ambitious set of demands in decades, including the restoration of pensions, cost of living adjustments. And like you mentioned, Kimberly, a working family protection plan akin to the former Jobs Bank, which continued to pay workers if they got laid off. GM in a statement Thursday indicated it did not like what the union was proposing, no quote, the breadth and scope of the presidential demands at face value would threaten our ability to do what's right for the long-term benefit of the team. The company said a fair agreement rewards our employees and also enables GM to maintain our momentum now and into the future. Fain on Thursday also told Automotive News the union would seek a, quote, 32-hour work week with 40 hours worth of pay. Mm -hmm. So you're talking about getting a 10-year agreement. They're talking about Let's work 32 hours and get paid for like, Yeah, but the, read, that read that next sentence. Read that next sentence. Yeah. Yep, so they're going to, that's more that. money though, right? Am, am I right? The truncated work week could spur the Detroit three to hire more union workers. Like, this is what's happening. Yeah. And the outcome you're spot on that is going to be higher car prices yeah. for these three automakers. Yeah, absolutely. How, how can it be anything but that? I mean, literally, how could it be anything but that? And and if I may, although I think I might already have this, if I may, I would love to get paid for 40 hours for a 32 hour week. <laughs> oh my but, but 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 I might already have that and I didn't even negotiate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know what the outcome. What's the timeline on this, you guys? When does this uh what what's the date? When do we? I think they I think they need to get an agreement done soon, but I don't I don't think there's a specific drop date. September fourteenth. Oh, September fourteenth. Fourteenth. Yes. Okay. So there is a drop date. There is a drop date. Yeah. September fourteenth. Yes. 
And my hope is that that's not a drop dead date for me. But just no, for that. no, no. <laughs> just interesting that. stuff. Yes. It really is. All right, let's switch gears. Before we do, I will mention again, I mentioned it just a moment ago. I'm going to pull up caredge.com really quickly so that everyone can see. We have, we're very excited, a week from today, our first ever Car Edge sales event. I was actually at the dealership just yesterday hanging banners and flags and all sorts of fun stuff. When you're on the car search, if you're interested to learn more, just uh, toggle trusted dealer and then go to new. And here are all the pre-negotiated deals that we have for you. You're interested in this WRX. We've pre-negotiated a dealer discount of $2,485. I was up there yesterday talking to the sales managers at both the Chrysler, <laughs> Dodge, Jeep, Ram, and Subaru dealerships. And all of this, by the way, is caredge.com slash event. If they could move one car, magic wand, if they could move one car at the Subaru dealership, Pops, Kimberly, the Solterra. I don't want to disclose too much information, but I'm going to do it anyway. They've sold one since they've gotten sold tariffs. They've sold <laughs> one. They want to sell them. They are sitting. They want to sell them. Over on the Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram side, yeah. any Jeep. <laughs> any Jeep. They want to sell any Jeep. <laughs> they got way too many Jeeps. Um, so it's interesting. You know, they, The reason we were able to pre-negotiate everything is because there's actually, I mean, even for Subaru, for some of their vehicles, yes. sitting there. Absolutely yes. sitting there. And we can do shipping uh, nationwide. Obviously, there's a bit of a cost there. So, but caredge.com slash event. And, and those prices are then less any <clears throat> factory rebates or programs that the customer might qualify for. Correct? Yeah, absolutely. Which on the Subaru side is very little. On the Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram side is astronomical. It's honestly, as you like to say, occasionally nothing. Futs. Yes. <laughs> All right, Kimberly, you sent me this article, and man, oh man, I'm excited to dig into it. Connecticut Dark Cars lawsuits withdrawn resolution unclear. Three consumers who accused Dark Cars Automotive Group dealerships of charging more for vehicles than was advertised have withdrawn their 2022 lawsuit against against the group. So we're going to talk about, and we didn't even get into this when we we're talking about the things that legacy automakers are encumbered by, which is also their dealerships. It's also an asset in some, mm -hmm. some senses of the word. Kimberly, what the heck happened here? We had these consumers suing for paying more than was advertised, but now they're withdrawing that lot. Why would they do that? I wonder if oh, they got that. Well, Walmart. unfortunately, I am unable to discuss the nature of any agreement between... <laughs> yeah. My clients and dark cars, this is a quote from, from Daniel Blinn, managing, managing attorney here. But um, so last year, the Gaskas, okay, the Gaskas said that in 2022 that they bought a 2019 Lexus. Yay for them at dark cars in Greenwich. And, and some of you may know right. that name, dark cars. It's a large group. Um, that both a car guru's listing and the dealership said it was $40,838, but the retail the sales contract listed the price with accessories at $42,238 and included a charge for a sales commission. Ray, have you ever seen that? Wow. Ray. <laughs> I, I have not. That, that would be a new one. Wow. I, and I thought the dealership was supposed to pay that, not the customer. Well, I have never in my life. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, this goes, uh, this is all about advertising. Okay. Advertising price. So they allege, the Gaskas alleged charging more than what was advertised. So that's just one though, guys, one of three that we're discussing here um, with dark cars. 
it just goes yeah. on and on and on. Well, so, I guess I, I guess it would indicate that Dark Horse decided to pay these people some money. Yep. Um, for what they overcharged them, and uh, and the agreement was that nobody could really discuss what the outcome was. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. I, this is my guess. I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't pay him a damn thing, but they told him we're going to counter sue you and we're going to make your life hell. I've heard that. We talked to Josh Fagan, who runs the uh, the law practice down in Florida called Sue My Sue Your Dealer yeah. I think yeah. is his website. Josh has told me so many cases come to him, and people are scared to actually pursue them in the state of Florida. He talked mm -hmm. to so Dark Cars doesn't operate in Florida, as far as I know, but in the state of Florida, like. AutoNation, for example, has done such a good job demonstrating that they will make your life miserable if you try and go after them. That a lot of people just flat out don't do, don't don't uh, litigate in that yes. state because they're afraid to. I wouldn't be so quick to jump to Dark Cars paid these people. I Dark Cars has contacted us in the past and threatened to come after Car Edge. We had to take their inventory off of our website because they threatened to sue us so many times. Mm -hmm. Like they're, I don't know them from Adam. I bought a car from them eight yeah. years ago, seven years ago. Fine transaction, but uh, six years ago. Six, but yeah. holy cow, like yeah. bad practices. They treated us really poorly. They, I, this one, this one really, what, what are you, what's your saying, Kimberly? Frosted my cookies. Oh, I forgot about yeah. that saying. Let's go back yes. to that. So these, this is definitely, I think Ray started that cookies getting frosted for sure. Yes. But this is a, also a learning moment. Let's turning, turn this into a teaching moment. And I'll tell you why, because I do get the questions. Well, I see a loan origination fee here. I see a sales commission fee here. No people. No, you should not see a commission fee. You should never see a loan origination fee. That is a no. Shut that down. Absolutely. You and and you and you need you need to read your your buyer's order and any contracts that you're signing and make sure that they align to the numbers that you had agreed to with your salesperson. And you wrote this 2 years ago. We have a whole guide. Yes. You literally went. I, I remember highlighting these images for you, and you told me, okay, now here's what we're going to say. So you've done the work. Well, now, I, the viewer, you know, anyone that tunes in, they need to look at this too. You, you, you need – nobody is going to protect your interests the same as you might. And it is incumbent upon you as the customer to stand up for yourself, double-check all the numbers, and if something doesn't align the way it should, stop the damn process. Protect yeah. yourself. Protect yourself. Um, and also go to Deal School 2.0 uh, yes. and 3.0 uh, because it's there as well. We tell you the most important documents to go over in the finance office. Like Ray said, it is the purchase order or buyer's order. Make sure the bottom line of that matches your bank contract and your yes. purchase order is going to itemize everything for you. Start with that. Start with that and go and, over and so every you, line. And, and if you see things listed on the buyer's order that were never discussed with the salesperson, stop the process. Yeah. Say, 
We never talked about this. What is this? Why is this suddenly here? Where did this come from? This is why, though, I want to be very – oh, nice. Don, we've got a pop-up. Last day to save. Look at that. This is truly – people ask us, why would I ever sign up for Car Edge anything? For everything we're just describing. We literally have an incredible team of former former folks that worked in the industry. Our car coaches work with them. Like this is – I'm looking at Phil's smiling face, Ashley's face, Kimberly, your face <laughs> yeah. here on the screen, Mario. We're real people that do console calls, that live chat with you. Like, if you if you feel so overwhelmed and you're re- oh, man, I've been doing so many lease deals for folks. Mm-hmm. Evidently, everyone that goes to the sales event just wants to lease a Jeep. I think that's the only way to make the payment affordable. Plus, you get like fifteen thousand freaking dollars in incentives. So I've done so many lease deals over the past two days, Dad. Mm-hmm. They're confusing as hell. Leases are confusing. You gotta slow down. You gotta understand the numbers. Truly the business we've built over the past three years is just giving people an option outside of just saying, eh, you know what, it's probably fine. No, look at this dark cars lawsuit. It's not probably <laughs> yeah, fine. No, exactly. Yeah. Stand exactly. up for yourself. Invest in yourself. Ah, yeah, this one. Ask this the one. questions. Take your time mm. and ask the questions. And get the buy rate, damn it. And, and, and if there's something that you don't understand, stop and get an explanation until you understand it. And then you can continue the process. And then and, realize that your salesperson probably also doesn't know what a lease is. And, 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 and if they don't want to explain it so that you can understand it, get up and leave. It's just that simple. You know, your, your, your greatest leverage in a dealership is your presence, okay? And your other greatest leverage is your ability to walk out when they start playing games. Yeah, it's for just sure. that simple. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and right, well, you know, this article did say something. Do you, and I want to ask the two of you, I already have my answer, but do you think people are afraid to challenge the dealership? And if so, why? Why? Definitely. Definitely. Why are they afraid? Well, I, I I think they're afraid because I believe most people, if they don't understand it, are afraid to say to somebody, I don't understand it because they think they will appear stupid to whoever it is that they're dealing with. And, and so to protect their ego, they just go, okay. I think that's part of it. I think the dealership, the traditional dealership is set up in a way that disincentivizes you from asking questions. You ask a question to your salesperson, what do they say? Well, let me go talk to my man. Like you're not actually talking to the decision maker or someone. And also the the pay structure makes it very difficult to know if what you're being told actually. Yes. If they get more gross, you know, gross profit on the deal, they get more commission. Why would they? So yeah, I think those are three reasons why customers are afraid. What, what do you think, Kimberly? Um, I Well, yes, of course, I agree 150% with the both of you. But I also think that it is kind of like folks that go to the doctor's office. They know more than I do. But I am here to tell you people that it's not rocket science. Your questions um, are valid. Ask them. Why mm-hmm. is the purchase price this and not this? Why? Explain it to me. So I I just think 
that there's an authority feeling there that they know more than I do. Mm -hmm. And I'm here to tell you that they might know more than you do about the inner workings of a dealership, but they're the ones to answer those questions. They It's like the lottery. You don't win unless you play. You're not going to get your answers unless you ask. Don't yep. be afraid to ask. That's why we're doing so much work on the trusted dealer program so that we can vet, validate, and get dealerships to be powered by Car edge. Like that truly will be the seal of approval that you can trust and feel confident going into a dealership. I'm very proud of our efforts there. All right, let's switch gears. Pops has a, a Car Edge Electric show in about 15 minutes with ah. Justin over on Car Edge Electric. So let's do this. Let's end the week the way we always like to end the yes. week, which is with a win. Yes. I can start unless you've got one, Pops, or you've got one, Kimberly. I'm happy to start. Well, we, I, I could start and that way you can make fun of my win. No, I don't feel like I don't feel like going low on the first win. I'm gonna start. I'm gonna pull it up on my phone. Okay, you start. Um, yesterday, Kimberly, I'm gonna make us full screen for just a second, but you'll yeah, go right back. So yesterday, gang. Whoops, let me see here. Okay, I spent way too long, like 30 minutes, putting feather flags. There you go. Feather flags for our sales event on a 10-foot pole in Staten Island, New York on Highland Avenue just so it could look a little wrinkled. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that was my win, though. I was so proud when I walked away because I was sweating my butt off. People were like, what are you doing but I got that feather flag, man. I got it up, and then I left the other two for the people coming later to do them. So oh. I got two wins for the week. My That's first awesome, win is Zach. my my first one is I I wasn't up there to help you. Yeah, come on. <laughs> <laughs> my second win is that I don't know if anybody's noticed, but our internet's better because we switched back to Xfinity the the great Verizon five G. Home internet experiment has ended. Yes. Um, it was it you know nothing against Verizon. They're trying, um, but the download speeds uh, fluctuated anywhere from three point one megabytes per second to uh, one hundred and seventy. That's way too much of a swing for me. So I hooked the the old router back up, re-upped with uh, with Xfinity, and and we have working internet again. Real win time, real win time. And, and then I was going to change a light bulb. <laughs> <laughs> oh Highland God, Boulevard, God. my apologies to those that are in yeah. Staten Island. Enjoy that light bulb change. Oh, you're going out for a nice dinner with friends tonight. That's a big win. Yeah. Oh, well. that's nice. Kimberly, what is Verizon. your win? Verizon's new tagline, Verizon, we're trying. We're trying <laughs> like so that. Yeah. yeah. My win yeah. Listen, yeah. my win started on Monday morning when I got a phone call from Sean. Okay, this was powerful, and I get, it made my whole week. You Sean, this on Slack, it was yes, awesome. I did. It was Monday morning, and he just called to to ask about a couple questions about VSC. Sean is is mild mannered, I would say, um, and and then the next thing I know, he's like, "Oh, just to tell you, you know, I used your video whenever you guys were talking about." <clears throat> challenging forced front-end ads and I did everything he said and he chose option three 
where I said, or you could wait until you get into the finance office and you're about to sign all your paperwork and then say, hey, show me the contract where it says for theft product that I don't have to get this for the purchase or the lease of this vehicle. And they did. And long story, you guys, long story <laughs> short, uh, Sean's wife, man, she was done. She was just, this is on a 2024 Telluride. I just want to get out of here, Sean. Let's sign the papers and get out. But Sean kept pushing it and put, okay, okay. But then he does homework afterwards. And he calls the product line, the administrator to the theft product, because there were no benefits explained to Sean. The finance manager said, we put it on all the cards, take it or leave it. And they left the door open for Sean to leave the, the fine, leave without. So, of course, his wife wasn't having that. Sean calls the product and he clicks where it says dealers press number two. Sean, he pushes the dealer number and he he gets an entire explanation of, hey, we weren't explained the benefits. What is this? Yada, 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 yada. It turns out it's a black light product. I can't stand black light products. Oh, yeah, your VIN number, it's all over the different parts of the vehicle. Da, 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 da. You can see it with the black light. Uh, uh, uh. And there's a $2,500 benefit, which Sean found out is not a benefit to him. It is to the dealership. It's got a tie back. It's got a tie back, which means Sean, yeah, he gets $2,500 to use as a down payment at that dealership in the future should his car be stolen. Sean sneaks out after his wife leaves the house with his black light and he's looking all over the car. I know you gotta go and make it. He's looking all over the car where the person told him to look and there's nothing. There's nothing. And there's not even the little sticker that you put on the window that says protected by blah, 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 you know, theft. Not even that. So whenever they say to you, oh, we put it on all our cars, you might want to take your little black light and go looking for it. And it's on there. <laughs> I mean, by the time Sean was done telling me this story, it just kept getting better and better and better. And so he goes back in a couple of days later, speaks to the GM, tells the GM his experience with the finance manager. Sean gets, uh, I don't know, I think it was three or six free oil changes, tire rotations, and a check for $500 for his theft back. Good for him. Way to go, Sean, because I don't know many people that would do this. I am so thrilled you shared that story, Kimberly, and I just want to pull it up on the screen so that everyone can see that article that you mentioned, Dealer Add-ons Decoded, Smart Strategies to Save Money on Your Car Purchase, this video that Kimberly was on, everything is back here on the website. All right, so please go be like Sean and go ahead, get a copy of the product, contract, right? So everything is here. I love that story so much because I'm so happy for Sean. I'm so happy for you. It made you feel validated. This is what we do, folks, day in and day out. So freaking proud of us, what we're doing at Car Edge. That is awesome, Kimberly. Yeah, great. Good way to go, Sean. Way to go. But, Dad, sign us out of here. What was your download speed again? Let's, like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Which would what? All right, we are out of here. He's live over Wait, I got I, I, I got a, I got a light bulb to change in my bathroom. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was shaving this morning. I couldn't see as well because one of the bulbs is burnt out. You know, so that'll be my win for next. Planted as a win for next week. Yeah, I'm working on that now. All right, we're back on Monday. Oh here man. On-
Pack channel. We'll be live tomorrow night over on the Car Edge channel a week from today in Staten Island, New York. For those of you that are in the New York metro area, please come hang out with us at Island Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram. A week from today and tomorrow. A week from today and tomorrow. Everyone, enjoy your weekend. Don't drink and drive. Kimberly, have a fun afternoon. I think we're going to be busy. We've got the the, uh, VSC extended warranty permit ending today. So thank you for all your efforts. And Dad? uh, I got another show. Let's go. All right. We're out of here. (laughs) See you, everyone. Have a great weekend, everybody.